Stephen wished Evan had slept in his bed and he had come home to it at three in the morning. <laughs> Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff Top 5. I'm John. And I'm James. And each week we'll share a new Top 5 list based on the stuff we like. This week we're taking on the old boob tube with our Top 5 Recent TV Shows. Can we can we say that or am I going to have to uh, get, a, get an explicit tag on this one? Uh, so the third chair is being filled by our dear friend who also likes stuff. Evan. Hey guys, it is awesome to be back and excited to talk about the um, expletive tube. That's right. So, so that that had a totally different meaning. Like a, a boob is somebody who's dumb. Like it's it's just like calling it the idiot box. Oh, that makes me feel worse about liking watching the idiot box all the time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so Evan, um. What is what was your first experience with TV? Oh gosh, we talked about this some in an episode. Uh, actually, you know what? My first experience with the TV is not my first experience with the TV, but oh. the first experience with a TV that was mine is we uh -huh. were at my grandmother's house, and she had a TV sitting on the floor in a spare bedroom, and it had two knobs, so the power button was like a pull metal thing and then you pushed it in mm -hmm. and then it had yeah. a top knob that gave you channels 4 through 13 and then you could go to the next spot and it would bop you down to a bottom knob that would give you all the, the higher channels and my brother and I had that in our room and I assume it was a relic from the 80s this would have been 2000, 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's what me and my brother had in our room. We got to replace it with the TV that stopped working in the living room unless you put aux cords in the plug, which were in the front of the TV, not the back, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and then tied them to a five pound weight and <laughs> held that down. And it would lift oh whatever was broken. And it was great. So we had a big screen TV. <laughs> You just had to tie a weight to the front of it, and it worked. Oh, that's there awesome. You go. <laughs> that's, oh, that's fine. Man. All right. That's good. That is good. So that, uh, that reminds me of my first personal TV. I'm going to interrupt you, James. My first personal TV was a little TV, and I can't remember what it was used for. I think it was like a garage TV at my grandparents' My first TV. It stopped working. <laughs> and I, for, for some reason... Um, I decided I was going to take it apart and start messing with it. So I like unscrewed the casing and took it apart and all of a sudden it worked again. And so I, I got to keep it and that was, it was like a little like nine inch screen. It was, it was awesome with the VHS player built in. Oh man. That's where I was at. Uh, oh yeah. My first TV that I actually got to put in my bedroom was my Mima's and she had it, uh, in the, it was her kitchen TV. It was also a little nine inch, and mm -hmm. back when uh, when she was still alive, I took it uh, after she passed. But while she was still alive, anytime we visited her, uh, that was always my TV to go and watch. And I would just sit on the floor in the kitchen in the corner where the TV was, and I would watch MTV. And so stuff like Liquid Television, Beavis and Butthead, uh, it was great. Yeah. 
So as we already mentioned, this week we are discussing our top five recent TV shows. So what what did we decide uh, rule-wise on that? We're not going to be like super strict, but what did we decide, John? So we defined recent as in like the past five years, but it didn't have to like start in those last five years. It just had to have episodes. Um, I think most of us immediately kind of excluded things that went way far back, like recurring seasons like you know the simpsons or you know things like that where it's 30 seasons of something yeah so uh i think we all are at least within the last 10 years of starting but it had to have released a, an uh either an episode or a season in the last couple years makes sense works for me so uh evan as the third chair you get to go first man all right so i want to preface this by saying um, this was hard for me James you mentioned you have a long list of honorable mentions I tried to find five shows that I really love and it was hard to get at least five because most of the shows I watch are live sports or 10 years old since the last episode so um but this is a a show that i found kind of on accident was scrolling through netflix and pulled one up and i found the last kingdom uh utrid of bebenborough has lost his um his home he's sort of nordic and he's sort of european and so he's gonna kind of bridge these two worlds um five really good seasons of uh really bloody battle and political violence so yeah last kingdom is my fifth i i've heard of it i've never watched any of it but you say really bloody battle and i'm there man well this is actually what i was thinking about this is something i think about a lot even when i was in high school not that long ago you know 15 years ago uh oh, longer than that now but not that long ago there were what eight different shows on any given night that kind of everybody was watching yeah um, whatever kind of the big and sure there was cable and there were more options but primarily in the evenings people watch network tv and so there were eight new shows every fall and maybe 10 in the spring and everybody was fairly familiar even if they weren't watching that show now there are so many options that there are some on your list james that i thought yeah i want to watch that i just don't have time mm -hmm. um, so yeah I'm, I'm not surprised that that you haven't seen it john have you seen last kingdom i have not it sounds like a bunch of other shows sure so, <laughs> like like i mean like vikings vikings yeah. is another one that i think of whenever i think of something like really bloody and it, it's all stuff that i enjoy mm -hmm. i just don't know if i like you said if it's on the list of things that not that i want to watch but that i can watch mm -hmm. just like physically having that time so yeah I'll, I'll add this one to that want to watch probably can't watch list well that's i'm i am done with any show that people tell me i got to get through the first season then it picks up <laughs> i just i can't do another one uh, but i, I mean, will say you're not these, wrong. all these shows there's just so many options that 
if it's a show that's completed, so the last King, uh, the last Kingdom finished last year. They released a movie this year uh, to tie up all the loose ends. I can't start any show that's finished. It just feels overwhelming. Well, mm. I'm actually going to give an exception to that in a little bit, but yeah. Mm. Cool. I actually, I actually kind of flipped to the opposite. I'm trying to wait until think like at least the season finishes now. That way, with the little time that I have, like off being a teacher, I, ha- I have days off and stuff like that. But I can kind of binge a little bit more mm-hmm. and maybe finish more of it at a time instead of having to regularly watch something. Sure. See, I think it's the binge model that's hurting my viewing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, go ahead with your number two there, John. No, sorry. Your number five. No, number five. So my number five is a uh, two-season watcher. It recently got canceled on HBO. And the first season, it's, it's not the uh, you got to get through it kind of thing like like you were talking about Evan it the first season at least the first couple episodes are just pretty brutal and pretty mm. graphic and um has to do a lot with a uh, a child that has died mm-hmm. so much so that my wife refused to watch it after the first episode um but this is Perry Mason and it is obviously the the new one the the mm the new adaptation of it on HBO with hour long episodes, but it is really good. Um, the, the crime is pretty, uh, I'm not going to say fantastical, but it, it seems like it's over the top, but it, and it kind of invigorates the entire city of, uh, I think it's San Francisco, like way back when, uh, in the twenties. And it, it just it wraps you up pretty quick but it i will say you have to get through the first two episodes not because they're not good but just because it it like hits you so hard especially as a parent yeah we actually started a show like that that is uh widely regarded as great honestly can't remember what the show was but i made it through the first episode and it it ended with wife and child being pretty brutally murdered and mm-hmm. I told my wife, like, uh, I'm out. I can't do it. I I don't blame you. There's some things that just hit too close. Yeah. Too close to home. I'd do it. I've got <laughs> one of those in just a second. <laughs> uh, so for my number five, for a hot minute, Ryan Johnson's name was mud in, in my circles, in the circles that I run around with, because of what he did to the Star Wars sequels with The Last Jedi. It's almost unforgivable, right? Uh, but then he gave us Knives Out, and he gave us Glass Onion. So the dude can tell a good story, and apparently the whodunit is his sweet spot. So enter Poker Face on Peacock. Brand new, they just have one season so far. Um, I think it's been renewed for another season, but I don't know when when that's going to come out. But it's a throwback to the detective shows of like the 70s and the 80s, early 90s, ish, like you know, like Murder She Wrote, like Columbo, and kind of mostly Columbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Poker Face, Natasha Leone plays Charlie, who has a gift uh, and a curse of always being able to tell if someone is lying. And as long as she's looking at them when they do so. 
It has uh, an overarching story that's interesting, but the real meat is in the Mystery of the Week stories with a ton of surprising guest stars, like a, a ton. I was shocked at who all just kept showing up. And uh, it is a little bit rough. It, it cusses quite a bit, so it's definitely not family-friendly. But if you enjoy mysteries with that uh, can't help but stumble across murders non-detective detective, then give it a shot. It's pretty good. I, I really enjoy it. And... Um, where can we find this show, James? On uh, Peacock, as I said. I didn't know that anybody actually got Peacock. I thought it was just like an <laughs> ad service. So we have Peacock. I love Peacock. <laughs> What's your number four there, uh, Evan? So my number four, Amazon Prime Video, for those that want to watch it, but is Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski. Mm. Uh, this one was a ton of fun. My wife and I just can't seem to find shows we both like. Two out of my five, uh, three out of my five, uh, were shows we watched together, which is probably why they made it in the top five. Um, but this was one that me and my wife loved, like Googling once a month when season two comes out, and then Googling once a month when season three would come out, like anxiously awaiting the next season. So, yeah, Jack Ryan, Amazon, uh, with John Krasinski. Nice. Uh, I've only seen the first season, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know why we haven't watched the others yet. Yeah, they're good. They hold up. They're they're not season one, but they hold up. Good deal. I haven't been able to get into like the, uh, the, I don't know. What's the genre of that show? Like, like I watched parts of Reacher and like, I watched, you know, like these, uh, I don't know, hero, realistic hero thing. I don't know. Well, they're, what the, they're massive, um, series, series paperbacks made right, into shows. Right. Um, and they are hokey. And they are a little fantastical. But also, if you need some lowbrow action enjoyment, you're going to find it in Jack Ryan and Reacher. That's true. That's the movie true. Reacher bothered me because he's like six <laughs> foot five in the books, and then they cast uh -huh. a five Tom foot Cruise. nine actor. Five foot nine but is yeah. really uh, stretching it there. Yeah. So, Evan, have you read the books, though? I have. Well, not all of them. There's like 50. But right. Yeah, but I got in in seminary. I got in. My dad got me into. Um, long story short, I read a book called Reading for Preaching. It makes the argument that preachers should read novels. I was snooty and stuck up. Thought I should only read theology books. And so I called my dad and I was like, I need some novels. But also, they don't need to be hard. Like, I'm not looking for Dostoevsky. Like, just give me some low-hanging fruit. And so he put me on these. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I started reading them in seminary and just kind of on the side, weekend read. It was fun. Do you feel like the uh, reading the books made the show better, or is it just the same? Sure. I bet there was some, some uh, affinity to the characters before the show even started. I was rooting for the show to be good. And you find uh -huh. what you're looking for. Gotcha. Just wondering. Just a general question. All right. My number four uh, is also going to be on James's list. So I won't dive into it too much because I know he probably has written out a better explanation for it than I have. But 
it is a show that whenever I first watched it, it kind of, I, I, first of all, I didn't live in the eighties, have no clue what it was like to be actually live through the eighties at all, but it brought me back to simpler times in my head. Uh, that is until the upside down came, came in and this was stranger things. And it really does a good job of having all these throwback elements that feel so familiar, even if it was just familiar from like watching eighties movies or and I, I did live through the early nineties. So like there was some, some of the culture that tied over, but it, it did a good job of marrying that with the fantastical and with the, the science fiction that really uh, is another big genre that I love. And so really enjoyed Stranger Things, really enjoyed all of the characters and the actors in Stranger Things. And it's just a fun show to watch. Yeah, I'll let y'all talk all about it uh, when, when James brings it up. But I got about six minutes in before I got too scared and turned it off. <laughs> Pain. It is horror-esque. That, I mean, it, well, just straight horror, actually, in some, especially in the latter seasons. First season and fourth season? Yeah, totally straight horror. Okay, so my number four is a show about teaching in classrooms and whatnot. And my wife, who is a teacher, struggles with TV shows and movies about teaching because they are so often unrealistic and are made by people who haven't been in the classroom since they were students. But Abbott Elementary is different. Uh, it still does have those goofy, over-the-top characters who are unrealistic. They wouldn't be able to exist in that environment. Uh, but it's also realistic in its subject matter and with what educators have to deal with and how things are handled. Uh, I mean, it's still, it's still an entertainment show, and so there's some unrealistic things there even. But it's, it's the closest thing that she's found that... Uh, is actually fairly realistic but mainly and the reason i like it because i'm not a teacher is it's just really funny and charming and just just full of heart and takes that same mockumentary conceit as the office and parks and rec and handles it really really well it's just a great show i feel ashamed to to say that i didn't realize it was a mockumentary show like i thought it was a reality show what, it didn't make sense what? To me how they could <laughs> well i just i know so little about it that the only things that i know about it teachers have talked about and it seemed realistic enough that i just thought oh it must be some reality show where they just you know go talk to the same teachers after school every day or something like that i so there you go <laughs> i mean that probably speaks to the realistic uh, depiction of teachers, and if that's the case, yeah, There's this a- is our next show. So we're finishing show now. This will be the next one for us. Cool. Hope you like it. What's your number three? All right, number three. So to our current show, we're about finished with what's available. Um, I slept on this show. Not even slept on it. I knew I wanted to watch it and just didn't make time for it. And then another one of our friends, Josh, brought it up. And then uh, Scott brought it up. And then mm-hmm. our friends Ryan and Natalie brought it up. And I was like, all right, we got to go. And so we started watching Shrinking a couple months ago. And I love Jason Siegel. How I Met Your Mother is one of my favorites. 
um, but it blew me away. I am loving it. Uh, so Aaron and I are just about finished with first season, uh, but it is a very sweet show about a, a psychologist that decides he is going to become over-involved. Uh, Harrison Ford is perfect. Uh, as uh, the one-armed fugitive, maybe my only uh, more favorite Harrison Ford uh, um, uh, acting but Harrison's incredible. Jason Siegel's incredible. You're, you realize that in the future, if he doesn't have one arm, right? Right. He's the one arm <laughs> man. What? <laughs> no. Is he not the no. one arm man? No. no. The one arm oh man killed his, yeah, wife. killed his wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Uh, and that's your <laughs> it's second been a long favorite? Time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, but we've, Jason we've loved In Air Force One, he was the pilot. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. My, my only knowledge of Air Force One is uh, they make a joke about it on Friends once. Um, <laughs> but we love shrinking. It's been a ton of fun. Excellent. Uh, Josh, Josh tried to get me to watch it too. Um, it's it's one of the casualties of my not, not wanting to start drama shows right now. Uh, but I want to watch it. I hear it's great. And Josh has said that Harrison Ford is the best. It's heavy. I, I did not go into it properly prepared. Um, it is my worst nightmare of my wife dying. Um, and it plays it out in front of me. And particularly at the beginning, it plays out like my fears about the dad I would be if Aaron died uh, suddenly at a young age. And so my my heart rate, I'm going to guess, um, was off the charts the first couple episodes of just anxiety. But I think that's, again, a testament to how real it feels. Uh, but it's incredibly sweet as well. All right. My number three, I'm going to be honest. I have not finished the first season yet, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. This is the live adaptation of One Piece. It follows the, the story of the uh, future King of the Pirates, Monkey D. Luffy, as he, uh, as he gains crewmates on his pirate ship and uh, goes to try to find the One Piece, which is part of the treasure that uh, the big King of the Pirates has hidden away before, had hidden away before he died. It is outrageous it is fantastical and it is uh outrageously fantastic i will say that i i watched the uh the anime one piece and i watched a good number of the episodes it's reaching a thousand episodes now and i probably saw 700 or so um and i am amazed at how accurate they have made it to that knowing how crazy everything that happens in it is like everything that happens in this show is just insane and it only makes sense within the fantastical world that they have built and they've built it so quickly in the live adaptation that it's still good because that is a that is a hard thing to do and that's why a lot of live action anime fall short is because they can't 
build this world over long periods of time. And so if you have not seen it yet, give it a, a, a try. Okay, it's good to hear that it's well made because after Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. and Death Note, hmm. And nothing, not that I can complain about the the actors in those either because they're it, the acting was great in there, but they have found some absolutely spot on actors who can really live up to the outrageousness. I always feel that a lot of adaptations fail because they don't incorporate the zaniness of anime. Like that is just something that is usually part of, except for maybe Cowboy Bebop, uh, the zaniness of, of anime because they know it's not the real world. So they, you know, you can take liberties with, you know, physics and stuff. Right. And so I'm glad that so they if really, I've, if I've never watched any anime, and don't intend to. Should I watch this show? Steven really likes it, and Steven has not watched much, if any, anime. Okay, that's good. He said he was invested in it, so hmm. that's that's the best I can give you. I think it's sure. I think it's awesome. Yes. My wife thinks it's awesome. She definitely has not watched any anime. It's the show that we are watching together right now. That's why I haven't finished the first season. Ah. Yeah, that's always the thing. <laughs> All right. My number three, there are only a handful of shows that make me excited for a watch party. And not even my numbers one and two have been given that treatment. And the binge model certainly doesn't help. Uh, but Stranger Things is watch party worthy, especially with how they've been breaking it up the last couple of seasons. And if I'm honest, without season four, the show would have just been on my honorables list. It would have been on my honorables list, but just not in the top five. And so Shit's Creek got edged out because of season four. Mm-hmm. But seriously, the show brought back the kids on bikes genre, uh, which mostly lives in horror now. It helped mainstream D&D. And even its weakest seasons are still really fun watches. Um, But season four really did it for me in no small part because it was the Nightmare on Elm Street season. So, so many homages to my favorite horror series that while I was watching it, I kept getting excited about things. And when I was alone in that, I had to message the old man who shares my love of all things Freddy Krueger. But even without all the nightmare nods, and the fact that the main villain is basically just a Netflix Freddy, it's still just a really interesting, really well done storytelling with some great young actors. So I really, really like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It was, as someone who didn't watch it, it was one of the first, like in the new streaming era, one of the first that like truly captured everybody. Like even if you didn't watch it, you knew about it. Halloween yeah. costumes, I mean, parties with the Christmas lights hanging up behind the, like, it became zeitgeist. Yes. All right. My number two, it is a little older. I came to it recently and it goes against my rule of starting things late, but I also think it's one of the greatest shows ever made, Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. And this would be... Um, these last two would both be on my top five all-time TV shows. 
Um, Bob's would be a, a couple spots lower, but still be in top five. One of the sweetest families on television. The Belchers are perfect and in their imperfection. Um, I love that show. Dude, I'm with you. And you're right. They are. Every single one of them is great. But one of my favorite things about Bob's Burgers is the fact that it has probably the it is the most consistent TV show that mm-hmm. has the best holiday episodes. Halloween, Christmas last Thanksgiving, year. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas yeah. last year was perfect. It made Johnny cry. It made me cry. Actually, the ad break came right <laughs> at the perfect time to hold the tears back. There you go. Dude, that's a great. This, I, I love Bob's Burgers. This is a show that I keep hearing about that every everybody who watches it raves about it, and I still. It's intimidating. Now you've got fourteen seasons I to look it. at when you pull it up. Just go. Watch, well, I don't want you to start with the Christmas. Watch any four episodes, and then watch Christmas last year. It's one that I want to watch with Carol because I know she would like it too, but we only have a, you know, a limited amount of time after I the think, kids go to bed. Yeah. I think my wife would love it, but she thinks family guy when she sees adult cartoons, she oh, thinks family guy. And oh. so she just won't, she won't even try. It's not even close. No. All right. Let's move on to my number two. Uh, I actually put this on here after James, had it on his list and i was like of course it has to go on there that this was the fastest uh that i had like we didn't binge this show either with how many series there are we watched the carol and i watched the first nine series in like i don't know maybe a month we did it was just like an every night thing like we watched it for 30 minutes every night and that's just what we did and then we went to bed and it was such a nice way to go to to end a day because you ended it on a laugh every mm-hmm. single time. So I'll let James speak probably about specifics on here. But the, the premise behind Taskmaster is uh, these two comedians basically got together and said, we want to make a show with our friends. How can we do this? And so they got um, they get four comedians actors whatever personalities every series and they give them series uh sets of tasks and each episode has uh like three tasks and then some mini tasks between and then like a main task at the end and basically they're competing over a a series to see who could win the uh a golden bust of the uh the head uh what is it host the main host and so it's all funny it's all games it's all just very it has a, a very whose line is it objective or uh uh not objective what is it like when it's not when it's not objective you know subjective i don't know yeah it's very subjective point givings um, and rankings, not necessarily point givings, but rankings for sure. Where it's just, he just says, you know what, I'm going to give you this many points just because. Um, and it is so funny in that way. And there are so many, there are a lot of seasons, but you don't have to catch up overnight. 
And this is a show you can pick up and put down too, which is great because we usually we pick it up uh, in between uh, uh, different seasons of other shows and we put it down whenever they start. So great. And it fills the gap of the the comedy show that I wanted. Like, I feel like there should be a comedy show on my list and this one fits the bill perfectly. Hmm. Cool. Um, my number two is higher on somebody else's list. So I'm going to let them talk about it. And it'll be right now. Twice. Yeah, right now. So my number one (laughs) and James's number two, Ted Lasso. Um, America's sweetheart is is Ted. And uh, no, just an incredible show. I found it by accident. I love Apple TV, um, another one of the streaming services we have, and was legitimately just scrolling through. It was about four episodes in. I watched them all in a row and texted my wife and said, Hey, tonight, it was a Friday. I was my day off. Said tonight after the kids go to bed, you got to watch this show with me. She fell in love with me. We've just, it's, it also, I really liked episode by episode release. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I liked looking forward to Wednesday night when we could watch it together. Um, so I was a big fan of one episode at a time. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because we got away from that for so long with the binge model that whenever it came back with like Disney Plus started doing it, HBO has been mm-hmm. doing it, so it never t- completely went away. But when it really came back with the, the prestige TV that we really love, it felt good again. Yeah, it felt novel. <laughs> yeah. So, John, I'm guessing you haven't seen Ted Lasso because it's not on your top five. I haven't actually. So it was a, a thing that my other, my coworkers said, Hey, you have to watch this um, because we quoted a lot and we want you to be able to understand it. And uh, so I went to a movie at Cinemark and they offered a free month of Apple TV. And so I uh, took that in order to watch it and I never did. And then I accidentally even, you know what? I even accidentally rolled it over and paid for a month of Apple TV and I still didn't watch it. (laughs) Did you watch any Apple TV? No. Well, actually I did. I watched the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Christmas movie, whatever that was with Will Ferrell, the new one. I don't remember what it's called, but I watched that. So that's something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They've got a Um, bunch. Mythic quest is great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, morning show if Schmigadoon's great um, Central Park, Park is great yeah yeah for what it's worth that would be my number one on my all time list as well even season three? Oh yeah oh I just said that because I heard season three was, was uh, no I was a big fan of season good. three season, season two, two is two. the bad one and even it's good oh, okay. and I I I go 10 out of 10, season one, seven out of 10, season two, eight out of 10, season three. Gotcha. Three out of 10 with certain episodes in season two, though. Uh, just one. <laughs> just one. I, yeah. I could never see the beard episode again and be fine. All right. My number one. Uh, so Star Wars is probably my oldest and deepest love um, it is something that I was raised on. It's something that I was uh, raised for, I would say, because my parents, I've, I've said it a couple of t- different times on the show, but ever since I was little, that's 
what has been our family's collective fandom Star Wars I was given Star Wars toys every Christmas I had amassed a huge collection by the time I was in high school um, I had watched the movies over and over and over so really truly invested in just my entire life of Star Wars and so when Andor came out I was a little skeptical because it was newer and it was based off of a character that I was I thought was good but I didn't just love him in Rogue One and you know what casting Andor has won me over it is a fantastic show you if you have not heard the Star Wars episode of our podcast you need to go back and that I can probably explained it a little bit better in that show but it does an excellent job of taking away some of the cheesiness of some of the the different Star Wars uh, episodes and really creating kind of a little bit more gritty and realistic take on some of the different aspects of the Star Wars universe so if you haven't seen it recommendation and this is definitely on my i would say this one's for sure on my uh, the top five list of all time but hope so hopefully we don't do a top five list of all time no i'm sure we will at some point but this one will this one will be on there too cool it is a good one it's probably the best of the star wars shows on uh, disney and that's saying a lot with mando mm-hmm. i'm re- i'm really ex- i have not watched ahsoka yet but everything I'm hearing is that they didn't, not that they replicated Andor at all, but they, they learned things, which is nice. Good. All right. So uh, my number one is, uh, as John said, is Taskmaster. Jeff discovered it during the pandemic and then uh, told me about it. And since I'm a sucker for British panel shows, I had to check it out. I was hooked. Haven't looked back. Do you have a favorite series? Goes Who's be- your favorite contestant? Goes between four and seven. James A. Caster. He is so good on there, isn't he? <laughs> mm. I love when he gets like riled up because it, most of the time he's just sitting there and he looks like he's half asleep. And then he gets riled up and he just like jumps up and like says something just, you know, terrible to Greg. And it's so, so funny. So I've seen the least of Taskmaster in this group. I discovered it. Uh, coming into James's lunch movie club that he has. And uh, I'll say I've seen five episodes, six episodes, and I've yet to not be entertained by any singular task. Um, That Uh show is a blast. Because even when it's not an interesting one, they are able to make it so funny after the fact because they're like, well, that was stupid or, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. They do a good job. Yeah. Series so 16 comes out tomorrow night. That's right. And you can find most of those episodes on YouTube, which is awesome. You can find every episode on YouTube. And a lot of them are on the Taskmaster official account. And there you go. it's also just really inexpensive to purchase a season. So. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Who's to say? All right, guys, I know that this was a, a list of five and it was somewhat hard to, to narrow down to five. What didn't quite make the cut? Evan, you want to go first? Just a couple? 
I'm not even sure I can think of an honorable mention outside of Mythic Quest. Um, if you love Always Sunny, it's uh, it's a modern day video game instead of bar based. Uh, Always Sunny, same guys um, that run it, and so probably Mythic Quest would be the only one that I debated and didn't make it on the list. Nice. James, did you have any that didn't make the list? I had a ton. I had the opposite <laughs> problem. Uh, so already mentioned Shit's Creek. It it would have been in the top five. Uh, uh, we we really enjoy the Rookie and Chicago Fire as far as like network network shows go. Um, what we do in the shadows is great, and I left it off of the list. Um, just because it's one of those super old shows that's been on forever, even though it's still making new episodes, but Doctor Who. Uh, and that mm-hmm. would be uh, either one or two in my all-time. Nice. I think uh, the ones... I, I left three off the list. The first one was uh, The Witcher. And I left it off the list because I loved season one. Season two and three, eh. They were fine. I know where they went in the books and I don't know if having read the books lessened season two and three in my eyes, but it definitely, I know that the, the, the critics didn't like our audience and critics didn't like season two and three. So it lines up, but also just knowing the books, it was, it was so different and I didn't like it because they had a lot of different ways they could have gone and they didn't do any of them. Um, so that's why Witcher ultimately didn't make my list. And then I had, um, I think you should leave and Andy Donna's big old house of fun. Uh, I think I had those. Yeah, I know it, but I also didn't want to act like I was recommending those shows. And (laughs) so (laughs) I, I love those shows. They're so funny to me, but I, I had to leave them off the list. Taskmaster kind of filled that, that slot of, you know, comedy, not quite sketch or anything, but. John, when you get to Lepic, we'll have lunch and just scream. I think you should leave quotes at each other. <laughs> yes. And you're invited. <laughs> thanks. Well, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode of Friends Who Like Stuff. Uh, thanks for tuning in to hear about our favorite recent shows. And as always, let us know what your favorites are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. You can also email us at fwls.pod. Sorry. FWLSpod. Hey, 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 hey. FWLSpod at gmail.com. Keep them coming, people. We just send them straight to junk mail, but it's okay. And watch us every Thursday evening on Twitch. Uh, Join us next time as we dive into a new list with another friend or two. By the way, we we don't just junk mail those emails. Uh, if you if you send them, we will respond. I promise. And until then, keep exploring and enjoying the stuff you're passionate about. Thanks for being a friend who likes stuff. Bye. Guys, I'm so tired. I don't...
think that I could focus on one particular thought while I was talking. 